Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the weekly cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host for another episode. If you're joining us for the first time, this is, of course, the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest or guests, plural. Um, it is episode 94 of the weekly cooldown. It is June 5th. Let's get right into the headlines because, because, because we've got very interesting guests and a very interesting show coming up did you why'd you do that i sorry i sneezed don't make get mad at me it's allergy uh, season allergy <laughs> season. let's get into the headlines pokemon sword and shield's first expansion is on its way the isle of armor is coming up first on june 17th and the crown tundra is to follow in the fall the game will introduce new characters new pokemon including some gigantamax forms for rillaboom inteleon venusaur and blastoise to join charizard finally uh the sega game gear micro has been revealed by sega a very very tiny version of the handheld console which was originally released in 1990. Uh, the game gear is about 1.5 inches in width with a one point fifteen inch display um and four different color variations with different games built in on each color like sonic the hedgehog and royal stone on the black colored console uh and Nazo Puyo and Shining Force on the yellow model. The tiny game gear is being described as a collector's item and is currently available for pre-order at a $45 price point or 4980 yen in Japan. Uh Twitch Cop, a global emote used across all of Twitch has been removed to prevent misuse according to Twitch themselves. The emote was first introduced in 2017 after a fan vote, although Twitch did not confirm that the reason behind the removing the emote had anything to do with the recent protests surrounding the death of George Floyd uh, by a police officer in Minnesota, but the move does come after Twitch and other gaming companies have been pledging their support and making steps to make their platform more inclusive and less prone to abuse. It is worth noting, however, that in the past, Twitch emotes have been heavily used and abused for racist and otherwise prejudiced remarks by some even more famous Twitch personalities. And those are just some of the big headlines this week. So very few, because we've got a lot to go through. But if you want to chat more about any of the headlines, or you have more comments to make, be sure to visit me at, uh, on Twi tw Twitter. I'm not on Twitch. Well, I am, but... Long story. Uh, Twitter, tweet at me at Gaming or at WK Cooldown, or join us on Discord and let me know all about it. Um, no question of the week, really, this week. Um, there's been a lot going on. I'm sure you know. You don't need me to tell you that. But um, I decided for June, this would still be the kind of gay, gays only, gays only podcast for whole four weeks and maybe even more than that. Who knows? Um, but I decided on this and I'm sticking to it. So it's going to be gays only, uh, no heteros allowed. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going through with this. Um, we're going to have maybe some interesting discussions, maybe some heavy, maybe some not so heavy. Um, maybe I'll find out who someone's, uh, gay, uh, uh favorite, uh, character was that was like their gay awakening. Like, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. Um, we're gonna chat. We're gonna chat. That being said, 
I have two guests, but one's going to be quiet for a moment so that I can introduce the other one. Sounds cool. Great. Um, so we're going to start with, um, my, my, uh, we've been friends for a while, but like new to the podcast friend, right? That's, that's right yeah, to say. Yeah. That's cool. To, that's the right thing to say. Um, please welcome Holly. Holly. Hi. I'm happy to be here. Now, the like main reason I wanted you to come on the show was because you are like a, a fledgling developer or like a real, real uh, 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 indie developer is what I should say. In- uh, I suppose you could say that of a sort. Of a sort. I am creating an indie tabletop game based on the another indie tabletop game called Blades in the Dark. My game is called Adventures Guild, which is a sort of um, comfy guild-based fantasy role-playing game. Mm. Now, I don't know much about tabletop RPGs outside of Magical Burst and like a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons. So what can you tell us about your style of tabletop RPG? So... Um, I play and um, am now designing in a space that kind of comes from the lineage of the game Apocalypse World. These games tend to be fiction first, where um, typically, you know, when you're playing D&D, there's a lot of like, I want to roll to investigate this thing, or mm-hmm. um, I roll to attack or whatever. Um, in a fiction first game, usually uh, play flows in such a way that you talk about what your character is doing, and every now and then the GM will intercede and say, well, this sounds like a challenge. I want to roll for mm. it. Um, and so you do moves and you roll for them, but it's like, you know, you don't just do damage um, like in like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no HP or anything you actually like there are fictional consequences to every action mm. you take and that's very tightly coupled with like the the mechanics are very t- tightly coupled with the in-game fiction right um apocalypse world is, or rather powered by the apocalypse games uh tend to have a very simple die roll mechanics too um in apocalypse world or um most other games based on apocalypse world you roll two six-sided dice and add a modifier that's usually like a stat of some kind mm-hmm. on a t- when you get a 10 or higher you get a success when you get a seven to nine you get like a mixed success uh or like you succeed at what you're trying to do but there is some sort of consequence that propels the story forward right. and adds tension and when you get a six or below, that's a miss. And in that point, the GM basically gets to make well, the the typical parlance is make a move as hard as they like. Hmm. Um, Blades in the Dark is based on Apocalypse World with slightly different die roll mechanics. Um, you could say it's kind of an evolution of the system, but it's more or less the same idea. Fiction first um, and... Yeah, it's a very fun way to play, and uh, it makes a lot less work for the GM, in my opinion. It, which I was gonna say, it sounds like it makes more work because <laughs> it sounds like you're putting the the die roll, uh, I guess, onus, so to speak, on the GM or the DM rather than on the players. Oh no, the players roll all the dice oh, okay. in a typical like um, most fiction first games. Like I don't roll any dice at all 
which I love because, you know, when you're a GM, sometimes it's really easy to want to fudge die rolls to be nice. That's my weakness, at least as a GM. Sure. So <laughs> I am completely absolved of any such responsibility. Mm -hmm. Right. Very interesting. I like that. I, I, I like this idea of fiction first. Um, it sounds like you're putting you're you're putting the story before the the fights or the the uh, you're putting the world before the characters I I guess, which I kind of uh yeah yeah more or less or maybe like the characters and the world before the like um the numbers mm, so to speak yeah I like it I like it a lot yeah I like it a whole lot maybe to the point where I'm gonna have to drag a bunch of friends and play uh, hmm, thinking well maybe um if you want i can run a one shot with you and maybe sam if you're up for it and a few other people just hit me up uh, after the show or something now who's sam Well, Sam is somebody who is allegedly has been on the show in the past, uh, um, and he's also my brother, mm. and I think he's with us right now. Did you Sam. know? Did you know that Escape from the City from Sonic Adventure Two is about queer self discovery? <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> no, no. Listen, I'll just say it right now. Listen, this, uh, the lines are It's like rolling around at the speed of sound. Got places to go. Got to follow my rainbow. And the actual song takes place in a city that's designed behind San Francisco. So clearly, it is about Sonic being a representation of this person that is like going through the city and realizing, oh my god, I'm some level of gay. But they have like a lot of like confusion and like you know just some anxiety surrounding it. So yeah, it's just yeah, and that's it. So and see, Sonic and so, is the gay, and then the truck yeah. is heteronormativity. Exactly. And so what you do is you're running away from it, or if you're playing the Dreamcast original, you can actually glitch it to fall into a giant hole at the top of the that hill. That is true. Oh, you man, I that. remember that. <laughs> I would do that every time, and then it's just like go down the hill, like... Doo, 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 doo. Walk. Wave to the big cameo that's like on the side of the street who's just flapping his arms up and down. Anyway. Hi. That's a <laughs> wonderful introduction. There you go. Just figured it was important to mention. Yes, of course. Because our, our, our favorite gay icon, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. I mean, if that's your awakening. The, I, <laughs> it's I'm definitely not, gonna... not my awakening. But... Well, uh, someone out there had a gay awakening to Sonic, and I'm not going to disparage them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Well, welcome both of you uh, to the show, um, brother and sister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I'm so excited for this. So we're, we're just a gay family. Yeah, we're, we're just going to make this the weekly fool down since you got both of us on here. <laughs> That's it. Like, I mean, if you're expecting anything moving, no. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. I'm, pr I'm yeah, pretty we'll good see. at this hosting thing. I've been doing it for 94 episodes. 94? You're almost to 100! Almost. That's like almost two years. It's huh? just, it's, well, with breaks, it is two years. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because Because we have life sometimes. Sometimes I get real sad and I'm like, no, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Um, no, I do it for you guys, and for me, and for Sam Nealand and Sister Holly Nealand. Um, <laughs> so, um, I mean, let's let's uh, let's discuss uh, uh, the thing. So we are collectively one giant gay unit, as it were. Um, 
we uh, uh, identify us on the LGBTQ community. Uh, the, the, the LGBT <laughs> color wheel, basically. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm Pantone number six. That no, anyway. <laughs> what? Um, how can I put it? I'm trying to like think about the wording here. What? Uh, what? Uh, first of all, wait. You're mm-hmm. you're both not exempt from this. What have you been playing this week? Oh, um, uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, so I've been playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition because that just got released. It mm-hmm. is a pretty much one-to-one remake of the original Xenoblade Chronicles um, to the point where I kind of I, I, I mentioned it a couple times with Holly, but all, in every single one of the cutscenes, the cinematography is the exact same. They kept the same voice acting from the original game and put it into this one. Really, basically, what they did is they improved the uh, detail of the art assets. Um, and, you know, like shading rendering. So it looks like not a Wii game anymore. And it looks like a mm-hmm. game that's made now, um, but for Nintendo Switch. Um, so they did that. And then they did a couple of, um, you know, like quality of life changes, like making it so that collecting quests were nearly as like just frustrating and difficult. Like now you can actually see stuff on the map properly. You don't have this stupid arrow that's guiding you at the top of it. And, you know, Uh. (laughs) yeah, I know. Like as soon as that happened, it's like, okay. And then other things like when you do collection quests, as soon as you get all the required items, it'll just end it. You don't have to go back to the person to like drop it off. It'll just be like, Oh, this quest is done. It's like, okay, cool. So, so basically they kept all the really good stuff about the original game. And took the stuff that needed to be like either polished or fixed or replaced or removed and did that. And it's probably the best way to play this game now at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'll say with that. Oh, you're making me excited to dig into it. I know. It. It's good because it's just like, man, this was the game that I loved playing without all the parts that I really didn't like about it. Um, so pretty much I've been playing that. And then um, I started it, but I need to get back into it get back into it uh fancy star online 2 which also yeah. holly has been playing too and I, we played one thing at one point jace but um i need to get back into that so yeah but anyway that's pretty much been it and i guess final fantasy 14 but you know whatever yeah whatever. Nothing. <laughs> i mean we'll be back in a little bit yeah but yeah uh holly what have you been playing can i do three Absolutely. Oh, great. So, playing uh, three games, you tell me all three. So, my big three I've been playing are probably, um, well, first off, Crusader Kings 2. Um, (laughs) I'm a big Crusader Kings 2 fan. I'm currently playing a game where I'm a part of the Byzantine Empire as a vassal to, like, the Emperor. And it's been very interesting, just kind of like, watching history unfold and i don't know if they just crafted the simulation well enough or what but the byzantine empire my game it's about you know 1100 and it's just starting to fall apart like the shi uh, nations are making inroads in the east and the crusades Mm. are starting Mm. and um so constantinople in real life history was sacked in uh constantinople being the um, capital of the Byzantine Empire was sacked in uh, during the Fourth Crusade, which I can't quite remember the exact year. But I mean, it's, it's been so give or take a century. It's been so, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been so long ago. It's hard to remember those details. So you know. But anyway, details. like I am very very excited in my game to see um, 
the fourth crusade happen because it'll be kind of cool to see that from kind of like uh the perspective of the people that just get totally owned by it um anyway uh, i guess if for anyone who doesn't know what crusader kings 2 is it is a grand strategy game where you know in most like huge 4x or strategy games that span a world map you play as a nation in crusader kings you instead play as a a dynasty mm-hmm. um and so like it's all about you know arranging marriages assassinating uh political enemies and um trying to expand your territory by uh either getting claims to territory through marriage or just you know having your diplomats go and just fabricate them um and either going to war to gain a territory or you know maybe inheriting it through smart marriage schemes and possible assassinations um and it's it's a little tough to get into but i believe uh just the base game is free to play right now so it's worth checking out i'd say if you're interested in it and and the third and the third one comes out in like september or something i think the next one comes out september 1st i'm very excited for it to come out yeah. And to play it, and then to be like, "Holy crap, this is too buggy." Yeah. Maybe I'll wait a couple, months. <laughs> and then That's, start playing yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I've been wait. I've been waiting for that one because it's like, "Oh, Crusader Kings two, three, and I'm like, "Well, three's coming out. I'll just wait until that one comes out." I guess. Although two is free, I guess you say so. Well, we'll just do that then. Anyway, yeah, give it a spin. Um, mm-hmm. If you need any tips, let me know. Um, anyway, I have also been playing Fantasy Star Online too, as Ooh, my brother yeah. mentioned. <laughs> Um, I am very much enjoying a force chain lightning is extreme. The force being the magic caster class (laughs) Mm -hmm. chain lightning is extremely satisfying. Um, and you know, there's a little bit of like free to play jankiness in this compared to the original fantasy star online, but it definitely feels like home as somebody who played a ton Uh of PSO in the Dreamcast days. And, and I can say for the same thing, because I played PSO and Dreamcast, and I followed it to the GameCube version, and, like, that was just the game. That was my game, I guess I could say. And then they did that stupid card game, and then it got really sad. And then Fantasy Star Universe was a big... Blah, blah. Okay, so, sorry to interrupt, because I'm no, just going to... No, go ahead, see. go ahead. I, I, I was at... I was at PAX in 2018 where Sega had a booth right around the time they announced PSO2. Uh. I got to play the demo. I went and played it multiple times, getting into line each time. And I remember <laughs> talking to the dudes at Sega, being super excited about it, and I was excited too. And then months and months and months and then years, and eventually Sega was just like, yeah, we're not going to bother. And it's like... Do you, do you know why it like exists now? Did Microsoft just so, go like, we're going to make a ton so. of money off so, of this? So... so a couple of reasons. So the first one being that um, Fancy Star Online 2 was, you know, when it was being done in Japan, it was being, you know, just done in Japan. Yes. And when they handed it off to Sega of America, they basically at some point, um, I don't know exactly the entire reasons for it, but Sega of America just didn't want to have to handle the servers with it. They didn't want to have to maintain them. They didn't want to have to set them up. They didn't want to do any of those <laughs> things. And I think the reason was because the game, even back then, was being kind of pushed as a free-to-play game. Because that's how it was. When they launched in Japan, it was free to download and play and get into it. You don't have to do any, you don't have to spend any dollar for it. And I'm guessing at that time, 
like the concept of you know that there's like funny thing back then everybody's like oh nobody's gonna want to pay for like in-game currency to buy stuff and yet here in 2020 <laughs> like that's just fucking normal we're still doing um we're still yeah but i think it was also just because a lot of the stuff that is a part of the free to play stuff is mostly a lot of cosmetic stuff mm-hmm. not anything that really impacts like the game deep down there are a couple things that you can get but because of just how the gameplay is, you really don't need all that. Like, you're not really missing out on content by not paying for stuff. Right. And I'm just, I get, I can only assume that, you know, back in the, you know, early t- 2010s, um, Sega probably was just worried that nobody was going to spend any money for it. And so they'd be having to pay, you know, to maintain these servers and they were not making, and not making a dollar from it. Because it's I think not that's like. That's what it is, yeah. Because the thing that was cool about the original Fantasy Star Online was that, like, all the servers were in Japan, I believe, but all the servers were accessible worldwide. Yeah. Like, you yeah. could go to any one, and that was kind of, that was kind of, like, their big deal thing that they were trying to say, like, it's a worldwide RPG, blah, blah, blah. Um, and since that wasn't the case for PSO2, and since it meant that Sega of America had to, like, handle it, and they kind of, I think they were still hurting from when they did the Matrix Online, <laughs> and it was a, it was a big fucking flop. Um, the that they just yeah that they just didn't want to do they're like no we're not doing an MMO even though like like I, I, I anyway whatever I'm not gonna go in I think and I think it was just they also didn't want to be like oh you're gonna have to pay monthly because people like we're to Japan that's that's my voice of a random gamer that's angry about something because sounds great. pretty accurate I loved it yeah it sounds really <laughs> good anyway so yeah but PSO two it's a lot of fun. <laughs> took fucking 10 years I, yeah i, I guess like been waiting finally. on this game for 10 years because i was a fool and i was <sighs> like i don't want to do the japanese client uh, but but now oh yeah because i did and it fu- it sucked um for a lot of reasons but mostly because sega's patching system yeah sucked. they just when you got a patch for the game i don't know if they do this anymore but initially when you got when the game had a quote patch you had to download the whole fucking game again and get a new build to replace it. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, we're just going to patch in these new things. It's like, nope, re-download the game again, which I guess is fine if you're in Japan and your internet is, like, you know, supercharged, but in America, not yeah. so much. Especially in 2010, like, oh my god. Like, anyway, so yeah. But, yeah, but it's still fun, and it's still really easy to get into. And the character creation system is still fucking bananas. Yeah, it sure is. Do you do you do you want to be a rugged boy or do you want to be a cool adult? Shout out to giant eyes and a a dumpy ass. You got it. (laughs) Shout out to uh, Monster Factory's Fantasy Star Online Two video. Shout out to the character I saw named Ronald McDonald. That was a very tall person <laughs> and had a red red pompadour going out the front, and it was just like, oh god! I put I, po- I, po- I posted it in um, Marcy's Discord, but it's just this really terrifying. Like, I don't like this this yeah. game. This character creator is it's great, but it's also terrifying. Anyway, good game. Play it. It's fun. Yeah. Xbox Xbox One and PC. And Pussy. Pussy. Mm. All right. So, um, um, my, oh, my last game, game yes. is a bit of a smaller mention because it's a smaller game. I don't know if you've ever done the thing in like high school where you build bridges out of toothpicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what yeah, you're talking about. I now. have been absolutely enamored with Polybridge 2. 
um poly bridge that's p-o-l-y just like bridge two and it is a little game that's i guess you could say a it's a kind of a combination puzzle and engineering game and you build bridges to cross rivers using little rope pieces and little sticks that are kind of like toothpicks and there's a lot of other cool tools like you get steel bars eventually that are stronger and can bear more load and like springs which um, absorb shock and uh, a lot of other things there's a lot of really cool um, bridge challenges which sounds more it's more exciting than it sounds i guess you could say um yeah i'm so i i just wanted to look at a quick video of it and there is this part in the announcement trailer where first of all there's a part where like a dump truck is going across and then the bridge is not strong enough so it just kind of collapses and the dump truck goes Mm -hmm. away and that's that's really funny to me um but then what's scary to me as someone who uh is mostly just a passenger in cars but still uh is in them frequently is this part where the car is going across the bridge mm-hmm. but the bridge then flips over with the car still inside of it yeah and oh, the no. car is the car is safe and secure and you know yeah. in in place for a truck to then pass by and then the car still within this little piece of the bridge just kind of okay there i was upside down for a minute and now i'm not and that's that and that's scary but i love it oh yeah (laughs) it's very like it's very like i don't want to be that car but also i don't want to be any of the cars in this game uh, I'm, like there was a reminded, oh sorry go I'm, ahead i was gonna say i'm just reminded because um not the second one but the first one uh uh vinny from vine sauce like did a play of it once and he had this setup where like the truck was going across the bridge but like the bridge was starting to collapse at the beginning and slowly falling apart piece by piece like behind <laughs> the truck as he's going at full speed and he just goes like this is a game about miracles as like the truck is able to make it to the other side, oh like stuff God. like that is just like it's so it's so goofy, but it's just so. It's fun. Um, I guess yeah. I guess content warning for heights and scary car things for the next like five like minute. But one of the challenges <laughs> I had to do was make a car go onto a platform, and then essentially I constructed a. Cl- crane with these rudimentary tools with like you know two ropes hanging on each end of the bridge and so the crane is just going up to where the car needs to go and just swinging back and forth i'm like i feel so sorry for the people in this vehicle Um, yeah like it's 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 fun and the best part of the game is every time you um you know run a playthrough of your like the simulation of your bridge it records a video that you can just share with whoever you want. And mm-hmm. so if, you pro- if you've been on like the internet, you've probably seen at least one video of Poly Bridge disasters. Yeah. I've, uh, uh, it's, it's certainly a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's just like, this sounds great. Never show it to me. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I'm having fun looking at uh, people trying figure out certain challenges 
Um, but then also like deliberately failing because that, I guess that's how the game kind of works. Cause you have to fail in order to figure out, you know, uh, which car is supposed to go to which flag and stuff like that. And it's, uh, it seems like a game that would frustrate me. <laughs> you don't really have to, it's pretty clear which car goes to which flag. The thing that I'd say is frustrating is like, it does take some knowledge of like, structural physics or yeah. or you kind of develop that as you go along and yes there right. is a lot of trial and error with a lot of puzzles it's very uh it looks like it would frustrate me but i i would be open to either playing it or watching someone else play it uh likely the latter yeah that's very strange but it, it looks cool and i i love uh i love puzzle games in general yeah. so Go check out Polybridge. Polybridge 1 or 2. Um, if you just want to get into like the latest and greatest, you do not need to know anything about Polybridge 1 to succeed in 2. Mm-hmm. Or fail. I like it. I like or it fail in 2. Yeah. <laughs> fail. Yeah, fail succeed, fail, potato, slobato. Yeah. The, the game is, just, is very forgiving. Like, you try it out, didn't work, oh well, just kind of redo from there. Right. So... God, if there was like just a fail state, then anyway. Yeah, anyway. And that's it for games for me. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Wonderful. I have a. I guess it's a weird question, but um, it. it I, I'm wondering if this ever actually happens to people. Um, so we talk a lot about having a gay awakening, right? Mm-hmm. There's a character. Yeah. In video games or in some kind of media that we just like, oh yeah, I'm gay for that one. Yeah. Um, so did you both have that? <laughs> Was there a moment? Was there a so, video game? So it's kind of weird because it's one of those things where if I look back on things from when I was a kid and think about something, I'm mm-hmm. like, going, yeah, that probably should have been a clue. But, you know, because at the time you're not thinking about that, right. you know, it, it never comes to think. Because I remember... Um, Probably the earliest one that I remember would be, like, um, from Mega Man X. Like, I just remember when, like, Zero <laughs> came across the screen. It just just had this really big effect. I was like, oh, my God, he's so cool. Blah, blah. He's got this long, blonde hair. He's, like, mm. the super... And I'm just like, oh, I realized I was just having a stupid crush. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what I find funny, though, is that, like, from then on, pretty much any time there was ever something like that, it was always some long-haired, blonde himbo. So... Because it was zero, and then it was Ramza was one, and then uh, Ramza. So not only did you have like a. Are you kidding? Like Ramza was like, oh, I love him. So he's just like he's so got the cute exact and same ponytail too. Yeah, that's why I was just like, boy, I'm, I guess my type was set up for what day about one. Cloud? Right, I was gonna um, say. So not only. No cloud. I, I mean, he doesn't I have the really... long. Ah. Yeah, I just didn't. Well, <laughs> but also Cloud was just a little too broody. I mean, he, you know, he's better than Squall's broodiness, uh-huh. but you know, like, like those those two never did. I think it was just Ramza was endearing because it's like, oh, he's a good boy. He just really doesn't know that, and then he fucking has to learn a lot very quickly. Right, <laughs> he learns fast. Um, but like, it, it's it's just kind of funny where it's like that. It you know, it's that thing of you know at the time you know, you don't really think about it. But then when you kind of reflect on your life as to like kind of where you are now compared to where you were in the past, like, it's just like, yeah, I guess 
kind of a lot of the stuff just sort of fell in. It's just right. never really considered it then. Because, you know, when you're young, you're not presented with this idea. Or, or let, actually, let me do a correction on that. Back in the 90s, at least, like, that wasn't really an, a, a presented idea. Like, homosexuality or really any kind of, like, sexuality in general, like, did not really get, you know, there was no visibility for anybody who would be under the age of, like, you know, who was not yeah. a teenager, I suppose. Right. Even as a teen, um, and so, like, it was pretty sparse. Yeah, no. Yeah, but, and so there's just this thing where it was this idea that, like, everybody at birth by default is heterosexual, and then, you know, eventually when you get and realize it, then it's like, oh, I guess I changed. And it's like, it, you know, as, as time's been going on, it's presenting this idea that, no, this has pretty much been, like, a constant. It's been nice to see a lot of games... It really media in general starting to reflect that more mm-hmm. um, and understanding that, you know, the concept of queerness is not, you know, one, it's not entirely related to sexuality, um, but also that it's just there's a lot more complexity that goes along with it as well. Right. Um, but yeah, but when I was growing up, there really wasn't anything like that. Like, I think I think the only one that comes to mind that was in any of like our playing sphere and we holly grew up so we played pretty much a lot Mm -hmm. of the same games in you know like a thing so we had um was i don't remember what you told me but i think you mentioned it where like um jeff's friend in earthbound like was hinted at having like a crush on him um but i don't remember when you told me that and it's like when you play the game back now you can kind of like oh i I can kind of see that that. i don't think but I oh, thought you did. Oh, whatever. Someone <laughs> did at some point. But anyway, like, but going back and looking at it, it was just kind of like, yeah, I guess it's sort of there, but it was so deeply hidden and yeah. kind of like, you know, so, you know, just made not obvious in any sort of way that it's just kind of like, you know, okay. Cause I'm trying to think like, yeah, I'm asking you to like basically reach <sighs> back into your psyche. And when was the first yeah. time you were like, oh, that yeah. one's pretty. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Well, and that's why I say zero for Mega Man, but that's just because it's like, just like, oh my god. Well, also because I fucking love robots, so that all just kind of like collects together into yeah. one thing. Um, but yeah, but I'm I'm even trying to think like when would like the first game that ever had a character that was like explicitly some amount of queer that I can think of, and like I mean I guess Baldur's Gate maybe if that even like, gosh I'm not even sure if that counts. I don't know, Holly. What what would be the earliest that you remember for like any kind of like presentation? For, of that? Uh, you mean rather than like my gay like, awakening, like just, but just seeing a gay in a game? Yeah, like when yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's what I'm trying to remember. Because it's like cause we had a lot of similar things, and I'm like trying to think. Honestly, the first thing I can think of is Dragon Age Origins. Like so. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I guess there was some of like the other stuff from Bioware's earlier games. Like, there's that one gay pairing with an optional character in star wars knights of the old republic but it's so just kind of like hand wavy and how it's presented that it's just kind of like eh, whatever um but yeah like it's just there really wasn't anything that i can think of like it wasn't until bioware's kind of really started to make a name that it just became something that was you know um a desirable thing in games mm-hmm. that people were able to speak up about which I have my own issues with how Bioware portrays a lot of queerness, but that's not really, that's not applicable here because that's just commentary yeah. and not like the actual showcase of it. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it just, just kind of sucks that it's like, you know, for me, at least a gay awakening was done kind of in quiet and um, like careful self-discovery rather than being given the idea that it's something that's possible. I... Well, I think that's part of the reason why I want to ask about it is because yeah. 
we may not have the same experience as the people who are younger than us now, mm-hmm. where they may have a quote unquote gay awakening that's more like, oh, this character on screen is representing how I feel. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I too am gay or bi yeah. or whatever, and then they, you yeah. know, form a opinion or a process around it. Um, yeah. yeah, that and, way. Whereas yeah. we were like, oh, pretty game character. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just like, oh, I like this person a lot, and it's like, oh, that's gay. Oh, okay. Got I it. guess it is. So, so <laughs> like right. for me, if you don't mind me kind of like steering the conversation for, Go for it, I have Do a it. lot of that as a trans woman. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'll first start with kind of the gay awakeningness. You know, like I was into girls in um, high school and stuff and didn't really think I was into guys. And I think the first moment where I was like, um, you know, this person's kind of cute was, I think, uh, and, you know, pardon me for saying this for kind of a trash man, but Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. Um, and I was like, <laughs> okay. And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe people are. And of course, you know, I was like, wow, I'm attracted to Robert Downey Jr. Everybody must be a little attracted to the same gender as there, um, which is yeah, questionable, you know, line of thinking. Um, yeah. But for being trans, it's kind of like, you know, for me, it's like every magical girl show. It's like. I want to do that. I want to be that. And of course, you <laughs> sure. know, as somebody yeah. who's like pushed very, very hard um, into like the uh, strong boy role, especially being like the oldest son, uh, our um, mutual parent um, of the mage lander. Situation. Who, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, anyway, you know, I felt a ton of pressure from him to kind of yeah. fulfill that role. And so like, Whatever I had was deeply, yeah. deeply repressed. And how that manifested is whenever I saw like a magical girl show or specifically for me, the biggest one is card captors, I think is the one I felt the most feelings about. Mm. But, uh, you know, it would just be like this giant frozen moment of confusion where I just sit there and, it, you know, it would also be a yeah. sort of catharsis that I didn't really have the um, emotional capacity to kind of work through and understand. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I think that's that's the biggest one for me. Um, sure. So, so sort of related to that, not exactly the same, but anyway. So, I remember, um, like, you know, a couple times we'd be able to like catch like Sailor Moon. It was like a Cartoon Network and stuff. And I remember they had the season where they introduced um, Sailor Uranus and yeah. Sailor Venus when they first. Well, when well, no, but here's like the thing. This is just like totally a me thing. Um, when they first showed it, it's like, oh, you know, it's like here's like you know Sailor. I think it was no, it's not Venus. Sailor Uranus Neptune. That's yeah. what it is. And they showed like Uranus, but like the first time they introduced him as a character, it was like a character that was wearing like the men's uniform and everything like mm-hmm. that. And of course. My brain, because I'm like fucking like six or seven at this point or something like that. Like my brain, as soon as I saw that and then saw them in the Sailor Scout outfit, my dumbass brain was just like, oh, boys can be Sailor Scouts too? And I just remember getting the, f- the crushing feeling of that not being the case. Uh, and it was just like, <laughs> like yeah. it was just like, it was just like, uh, it was like, and then it's like, fine, fine. I, it was just, it's just so funny to me because it's like. I didn't even understand at the time that it's like they did the thing where they rewrote the cousins as, um, yeah, uh, I mean, rewrote them as cousins instead of like lovers in a thing, which 
is weird in its own way. Wow. But it, it's just it's so America funny. Like you're looking fifteen good. years later, we yeah, have a boy it, pretty cure. Exactly. Right, well, yes. and then they well they also did a proper relocalization of um, the Sailor Moon anime um, that you can watch. I think it's on Hulu, but it's probably on a couple different places. Not talking about the new one, like the Crystal Defender whatever the heck that one is, but like the old one, they did a redubbing, recasting, rewriting, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So um, if you ever want to watch that, so, it's pretty fun. But um, I was just, I was just thinking about that so as you were talking about uh, pretty girl anime. And the, the trans awakening thing, I think even extends and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of friends who are also trans women who have similar experiences, but it extends to really just mm-hmm. goofy or bad or pointless stuff. Like, I will always remember a sketch of Saturday Night Live that, you know, when they were showing reruns on Comedy Central, we watched during summer break. Oh, Do you know wow. what I'm talking oh, yeah. about? Uh-huh, There's yeah. a sketch. Oh, yeah. Listen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I know. Well, I just like thinking about that. It's like, yep, summer breaks where it was the morning with Xena and then the afternoon with Saturday Night Live. Oh, Xena, that's but, another but yeah, one. Anyway, so there's whatever. a sketch where it's just a bunch of, you know, dude bros at a bar at a table and this guy and it's played for less and it's a totally awful, not funny sketch, especially by today's standards. But he's like, y'all mm-hmm. ever just, you know, wonder what it would be like to be a girl and all the other guys are like looking at him really awkwardly and it's just this dumb hyper masculinity thing and you know they keep just playing on that for through the entire sketch and it just drags Mm -hmm. on because that's how saturday night live is um but i just remember that i'm like i do think a lot about what it would be like to be a girl that's weird oh well back to being a guy Mm -hmm. right (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah no 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 well, and it's just it's just sort of like interesting to think about that, too, because I remember when I was growing up, um, like, I'm, sh- I'm sure Bahali remembers some of this, but it's like I actually had a lot of affinity towards like girls toys, mm-hmm. for example, um, which which was just, you know, it was this it, it's just so weird looking back at that and thinking like that was an indication of something. But um, at least for me, so which, you know, I'll just be like 100% like I am a cis dude. um, But in terms of like my expression, I kind of like being in this point of like the middle between masculine Mm -hmm. or feminine. Um, Because I like a bit of both. I just don't like 100% either way. Well, I mean, and also from like a, like, I guess a double reverse gender presentation thing. I was always like super into engineers, like engineering type toys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh yeah yeah no yeah t- oh totally because well because that's well and i think it, the whole thing is just interesting to think about and that it just it's always weird making those connections from like years later and kind of going back but um but i just kind of remember a lot of that stuff and just sort of having that weird like middle line of being like you know why should this weird gender divide stuff be such a such a weird thing for even like especially for like a kid like that was the thing that i remember bothered me a lot was like why the hell is this weird rule place that's done were you actually able to like i don't know that kind of thought back then because i sure wasn't well because i (laughs) yeah well it's just i don't know exactly what it was but it was just sort of like I think it was just because I was at this point where it's like I was pretty good with playing with like, you know, like, look, I love like fucking like bullshit fantasy. Let's pretend to play with gun stuff. But I also like, you know, like the girly stuff as well. And it just always confused me. The girly. Yeah. The pink, the the pink aisle Mm -hmm. items. Um, uh, So it was just there was always this point inside me where it's like, why the hell can't there be like some level of both with it? And I even like remember bringing it up with friends a couple times and like. 
they were never really put it down. They just didn't understand what the hell I was talking about. They're like, I, I think there's something guess? to be said huh? for, you know, like power of yeah. ingraining these like generals when you're young yeah. such that they become just complete and total mm-hmm. axioms because that's that's yeah. kind of like where i was until yeah fuck i was uh oh excuse me for swearing yeah. um until i was like 25 we do and i was like <laughs> you know had a moment yeah. of holy shit uh-huh. oh well i'm trans oh also i'm bi yeah <laughs> which was kind of like an afterthought right. at the time yeah yeah well well yeah, well, and I kind of remember, like, when you told me about it, too, and it was, like, I was, like, just kind of, like, surprised just because, I, you know, you, ha- you had been so quiet that, about it. I had that performing yeah, no, male general thing down on lock, like. <laughs> no, you did, and it was, like, that was, like, surprising. And so, like, when it happened, like, I wasn't, like, oh, no, everything. I was just, like, I would not mm-hmm. have guessed because there was just such that deep, you know, kind of suppression. And I always, like, felt a little bad just because it's, like, since you were the older sibling, like, I could always just kind of, like, be, like, whatever, I'll just you know fuck authority or anything like that by authority i mean like you know oh you had your own shit um, to and deal so, with though so no need to apologize no 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 I, I know that but it's just like i always just kind of felt a little bad because i was able to kind of get away with being a pushback about that but i mean at the same time like there are plenty of times where it's like you know like shit would be said and i'm just like going to, like you do not fucking down talk you know my sibling about any of this shit because it's like blah, 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 blah. also sorry i'm using sibling because i don't want to like do the weird thing of like whatever anyway it's just it's it's weird quoting lines from the past you can use sister when quoting me in the past despite me presenting as male like yeah okay okay that's okay that's what yeah all right so it's just so sister yes um but it is uh so but it's just you know a lot of that was just you know i I, I, you know i i guess in some way i kind of like would try to use like my rebellion as a way to like also just you know like act as some sort of defense but I don't know because I remember you, you've mentioned that before where I get like really defensive of you certain times and it's like a lot of it stems from that so it's um because you know I guess I just found it like bullshit that you know I sort of felt like I had this freedom to do certain things but you weren't given that freedom and so it was well like, yeah and like bullshit. by the time yeah. I was going into college and stuff I was also kind of like mm-hmm. regrettably yeah. a android so I was like t- like held up in that like whole <laughs> capitalistic hellscape like uh-huh. role thing and uh-huh. i don't uh-huh. oh no did you know this oh, they made this your first time okay yeah. oh yeah we talked no no we talked about it whatever anyway hey everybody bioshock is <laughs> Nintendo Switch. perfect <laughs> great segue Sorry. well i was actually gonna say um when you brought up the it's very interesting that you brought up the kind of wanting to mix the quote-unquote gender roles having you know the Mm -hmm. uh, masculine toys and the pink aisle as you called it um because i think what we get when we try to mix that at least when the powers that be try to mix that you get like a ps1 tomb raider right a very kind Uh, of strong female character but she's got yeah. big titties, <laughs> right? Well, and like, and so much of the issue with that was just also like Idos as a publisher, because you know, Core, who developed the game, really had this set idea and what they wanted to do this character, but then like marketing just went like, oh no, she's she's the woman badass that all the right. gamer boys will love, and it's just like, because I just even remember where they said a bunch of that original team for their first game just fucking left because they're like, nope. 
nope, right. don't want to be part of this anymore because you just completely bastardized what it is we mm-hmm. were wanting to do. Um, which I mean, you know, they had still had their own issues and, you know, like that they. But that's basically you know, what you whatever. get when you try, but, at least in the late 90s, yeah. maybe a little bit today, when you try and mix the character roles as they were, you get this yeah. very interesting mix that, like, works but also is very bad i mean yeah like like you have like yeah. the laura craft crop laura craft laura croft uh, side of things and <laughs> the then laura, you have like the tank girl side of things craft, where yeah. you know she's like completely yeah unwomanized woman for right. well womanizing is mm-hmm. a completely different thing but you get what i mean um and it's like yeah yeah, well, it just becomes this thing where it's like, at that point, you know, they're not characters, they're just caricatures, mm-hmm. which is, you know, not, it's not a helpful presentation for any sort of way, because, um, and, and I feel like this, this is something that's becoming a lot more part of the discussion when there is any sort of, like, queer aspects to um, characters in games in particular, um, just that they're, they're, we're, we're at this point now where, who? Someone's got a loud keyboard. Um, nope, sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Sorry. It's just ADHD acting up squirrel. Um, so it's it's this thing where it's becoming a lot more um, part of the discussion is not just... Uh, oh, sorry. That was me playing with the USB pen. Um, <laughs> sorry. ADHD is not wild today. Uh, anyway, so I was trying to say if I can get back to it. Um <laughs> You know, a couple of years ago, the whole discussion that was centered around a lot of this was like, you know, trying to validate the existence of queer characters mm-hmm. in games. Like that was like the things like, does this really need to be here? Which, yes, it does. Just uh, spoilers. Yeah. That's the answer. Yes, it does. But now what the discussion is becoming a lot more is, you know, it's like, how, you know, should these characters be portrayed? Because there's still a lot of times that I'll see games and stories where I'll have like a queer character that's per- um, that's presented in such a way where they... You know, they're, you know, they're looked at in such a way that this is like a positive kind of like character that can be shown, you know, as like, you know, like this, like, look how amazing Mm -hmm. queer people are. But at the same time, it's lacking a lot of like the, um, I don't want to say the negatives, but a lot of the complexities that comes along with that identity being presented to it. Um, And I know there's there's a lot of people that don't want to play or read or, you know, they don't want to be involved in stories where it shows, you know, queer characters having to deal with like shitty life things because people have to deal with shitty life things yeah but the the problem is is that but yeah it's kind of like you know some stories and characters will resonate with some queer people and some won't because you know some people Mm -hmm. like some queer people might want to play a story like that as a form of catharsis or like you know feeling like they're not alone or whatever yeah no no and that's like the thing or even stuff where it's just like um you know, stories where if you have like a queer character that makes like, you know, a mistake and not necessarily that they're like bad guys thing, they just fuck up in some sort of way. Like I've seen lash out against that, but it's just, that's kind of what the discussion has become now. It's like, how do you portray, you know, these characters in these spaces? And it's just, the more that I think about it, the the more that I think about it is just, I think like myself as a kid, like what would I wanted to see when I was like playing a game growing up, you know, if I could have had that you know idea. And I think about it, it's just like going, I just want a character that, you know, is, you know, at least at some point explicit about the fact that they are not heteronormative, but also like how they're able to navigate kind of being in that space and how they um, um, do relationships, not just with like lovers, but people in general. 
um, because there's a lot of stuff that is n still not quite covered. Like there's still not that whole thing of like you being, you know, maybe like one of the only queer people amongst like a group. And so you kind of have to deal with that being like a thing where you don't have people that understand what it is that you're mm -hmm. dealing with. And so it does read to a lot of frustration. You know, th there's just like all these smaller parts of um, queerness that are finally starting to be implemented a lot in games, especially in the stories. And so I am each day when I see each day, every time that I see like a new project announced and they have characters that are really pushing into this, you know, um, space of, you know, not just being a representation of queerness, but being able to represent um, how an individual handles being queerness. Cause that's, I guess what a lot of it is, is how to handle that part of yourself um, when you're dealing with an, an, a not ideal situation. Um, so I, that's definitely a lot of the stuff that I want to see continue as we're going on. And I do see it a lot in more, especially in the indie space that's been picking mm -hmm. up. Hopefully that'll start to transition into the like triple the triple A's. A space, like the, the triple A space. Um, uh, it's starting to get there that, little like, by little. The life is strange crew was yeah. doing a yeah. game that featured a trans woman. I'm still like, yeah, mm, we'll see yeah. how that goes, but you know, yeah, <laughs> I have my own thoughts about <laughs> life is strange, but anyway, um, I still need to play the sequel though. Cause apparently it's mm -hmm. really fucking good, but anyway whatever um but yeah so it's just i guess it's kind of just at this point now where it's like okay we've proven we can have queer characters in games now let's prove that we can write you know like a a, a situation that can further you know humanize uh and you know give give it i guess it's kind of this it's like it's it's both for our benefit for having us for having characters to relate to but it's also the point where you can have other players who can kind of better see what it is that goes on within the mind and um the uh you know just how a person can react to being in a place where they are you know for lack of better words the other i, I think i think a good way of putting it is like less characters that are less tokens and more mm -hmm. like actual like yeah believable thoughtful and mm -hmm. realistically portrayed given you know, yeah ide their identities yeah. like yeah because 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 i guess it's like it's it's less about making a character that's a good role model and instead being a character that feels like someone that you know a, a, especially a queer person can feel some comfort in being able to relate to a lot more closely um even if it's not like with the exact same situations but a lot of the ways of how you know we're how how we sort of defend ourselves um you know how we build up our own mental defenses and how we handle situations and how we deal with things like frustration or um you know it, it, i mean like there's that, also kind of like you know like you're playing if you're playing like a fantasy action rpg you're just going into a dungeon and like you know smashing orcs or whatever smashing orcs. Yeah. you know that'd be cool to just yeah. have like you know a, a character in there that's gay yeah. you know and that's, yeah. that's all that is they smash <laughs> yeah. orcs just the same but then yeah. you have like you know, I get to experience that power fantasy too, and yeah. you know, I get to identify with the character as somebody who was straight and male and cis and yeah. would, which yeah. is usually what the main character of yeah. most orc smashy games are. I um, <laughs> I smashy too. <laughs> our um, on our last episode, the guest I had on um had to tell me um, and I was very happy to, that he shared uh that in judgment 
Um, it's not really a part of the game. Uh, rather, it's not part of the main story. Um, Ju- judgment, judgment is in like the kind of game that's related to the Yakuza correct. games. That yeah. Ju- okay. All right. Just making sure. I'm like. Uh, um, anyway, you get to you walk into a convenience store that is actually run by a trans person, and yeah, it's not it's not central to the story in any way, but mm-hmm. it is well known and made apparent that that person is trans, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like it's no, it's yeah. no. There's no. Uh, further exposition no one's like harassing them and you have to save them or something like that it's just hi i'm the store owner and i thought that that was really nice and genuine (laughs) like yes very easy going and very good uh kind of representation there Mm -hmm. and so um i'll kind of relate to this being uh i guess probably Probably the my favorite portrayal of any sort of like characters of queerness in recent memory would be not from Nier Automata, but the original Nier. You had two characters. You had Kaine and you had Emil. Um, uh, Kaine was a, um, they're an intersex person who uh, basically just hates these evil beings called Shades, whatever, they're bastards, kill them, blah, blah. Um, and then you have Emil who, like, he's a human, but he's been like, he's like stuck in like the body of like a 12 year old and he's like been living for who knows how long. Cause he was like a bio experiment, basically like whatever. Um, but there's this thing that um, Emil as when he's still, you know, this in this human form um, when he takes off his blindfold that he wears and he looks at somebody, they'll freeze into stone. And so, you know, obviously that's something that he hates about himself and like, doesn't, you know, want to do anything like that. Um, Kaine who um, had uh, been, like her village and home had been attacked when she was younger and she was like on the ground dying. And she made a, a, like a deal, a pact with one of the shades to give her back an arm and a leg that she had lost in that fight. And so there's this thing about her where on any of like her body and she wears something very revealing for the pretty much, Mm -hmm. but the parts of the body where she gave up to the shade, those are wrapped up in cloth entirely because she doesn't see them as her own. And so she doesn't, you know, like want it to be equated with anything. And so when Kaine meets Emil and Emil is talking about like how much he hates himself for his own aspect, um, she just has this like wonderfully heartfelt and um, just really close uh, conversation of, you know, what I could best call an older queer person talking to a younger queer person who has yet to um, understand themselves in some sort of way and kind of hates how they are. And that it shouldn't be something that they, you know, something that they should hate about that. Mm-hmm. Which I should say that Emil is canonically gay, like in the game. Like there's lines that mention it. And Yoko Taro himself basically said, yeah, Emil is gay. Like that's just a thing that's about of it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, and so that still, that relationship between those two characters is po- quite possibly the most important thing to me because it perfectly exemplifies an older queer person who has had to go through life and dealt with some pretty fucking terrible things. Um, talking to a younger queer person who is much in the same position, but um, wanting them to understand that they should not hate themselves for the person that they are. And so like stuff like that, like that, I think that's the thing that I really want to see more in games is like, not just having queer characters, but having queer characters that interact with each other on a level that isn't straight based on romance. Oh yeah. Interests. So like mm-hmm. the relationships because, that are unique the, to the queer community. Yeah. The, like the, right. yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's like a thing that is like still not really been, has not been put out front. Just this whole like idea of like queer solidarity, because, and especially when you are dealing with, 
um, people of different levels of experience because Kaine in game, like she's like, I think like 18 or 19. So she's already had enough time. And Emil has been basically sequestered off in isolation for so long and is still all at, you know, in essence, a 12 year old boy. And so just having that moment of, you know, an older person being able to relate to a younger person who is dealing with quite similar of a, um, a situation of self-hatred uh, is just... It, it, it's just it's something that is way more important than I think a lot of people can realize. And so, you know, getting to that point in the game was like just really super just got me on like a deep level to the point where now when I went and saw <laughs> when I went and saw the near concert in Chicago this year, as soon as Kaine's music started playing, like I started <laughs> sobbing and I could hear everybody around me doing the exact same thing. Aww. Because that song opens up with Emil um, kind of like reminiscing on his relationship to Kaine mm -hmm. and the things that she had said to him. And that is just, that is like the most, I think, the best thing that anybody could be doing in this, especially in a lot of games like RPGs where you have this party of people. Like, I mean, it's kind of the same thing where what's the thing that made Final Fantasy Fourteen Shadowbringer so good was the fact that you could spend so much more time with like your group, like these scions and going through like this adventure and feeling that they are in a sense of, you know, like you're not, they're not biological, but you consider them your family. And in Nier, that's kind of a lot of the same way. You had like Emil, Nier and Kaine and like they were a family, like pretty much entirely. And I think that's something that reflects in queer communities a lot where it's like, these people that we build yeah. relationships with, you know, it's like, you know, like our, our FC and Final Fantasy or just any of the groups that I have like discords with, like we are family in our own sort of way. And I think the more that we can start to really dive into that aspect of the queer experience, I think is probably going to be like probably the best direction to go for a while now, because it's something that one resonates with a lot of people like us, but then two, is something that you will see presented in the game. And if you are, you know, like not part of a queer community in any sort of way, and you kind of see what's going on, it's extremely hard to deny how you can understand the importance of that because it's so, you know, visible into like how people are able to make relationships with others. So um, that's just like the one thing that I really want to see a lot more of as we're going forward. So, yeah. so anyway, sorry, Absolutely. got on my soapbox there, but this is, that's what happens sometimes. This is the soapbox show. A show where it you is. get on a soapbox. The soapbox. <laughs> Open your soapbox and I, you'll get a soap every month. Congratulations. What is a soapbox? Soap? Is, is it just like a giant block of soap in there or what? No, no, well, no, it's like a crate. Like, Isn't you know, it, but yeah. it's like a. Like, it yeah, it's just like, soap? It's just. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with like the way yeah, that maybe. soap was made. Like they had to like put it somewhere. I don't know. Let's, I don't know. I guess I could look it up. <laughs> Go ahead and talk. I'll find out what a soapbox is. Well. well well, you're bantering. I, I have, have to. Phone. I have a phone. I can look it up. I have to admit, we are running. Well, we actually have run out of time, so oh. it is time for the recommendations portion of the show. Uh, as we end the show, we always ask that you give the re listeners a recommendation. What game should they be playing or be on the lookout for? Holly, let's start with you. So, um, I would say if you are into tactics RPGs or you like sailing and pirates, check out a small indie tactics RPG called Horizons mm. Gate. Um, it has a really tight like battle system, and a fairly simplistic but rewarding and fun trading system, and um, it has a really cool world as well. I like it. I like it a lot. 
Uh, Sam, tell us your game. The term originates from the no. days when speakers would elevate themselves by standing on a wooden crate originally used for the shipment of soap or other dry goods from a manufacturer to a retail store. Ah. So yeah, it's about as boring as it sounds. Um, recommendations. All right, here's my recommendation. Project Diva, the the Vocaloid <laughs> music rhythm game, came out on Nintendo wow. Switch, and it's oh shit, really? Great. It did. It's so good. I love it. It's like my favorite thing now. Anyway, so that's really good. Um, there's a couple different versions. There's a couple different versions to buy. There's like a forty dollar version, but that is missing. Basically, there's a forty dollar version, and then there's a sixty dollar version. I would just recommend getting the $60 one because that gives you all of the DLC that comes with it so you get every single song. The $40 version, if you buy that, it's like 30 bucks to buy all the DLC afterwards so, so you don't have to spend... So yeah, so if you want everything, buy that one. Um, and then it's not just on Switch, it's also like on PS4, PC and everything like that. But, you know, my life is at a point where it's like, yeah, I'd like to play everything possible sure. on the Switch because that's kind of the man that I'm in. Oh! Another one. This is a very quick one, but this one is Switch exclusive. If you have access to the Nintendo Switch Online Super Nintendo thing, Pondy Panel is available oh on the Super Nintendo. No, known in America as Tetris Attack for some yes. dumbass reason, but that game is great, and it's there now, and even though it's in Japanese, it doesn't really matter. Right. You, don't need to, you don't need to read Japanese to find color shapes. You right. just put them in a thing, and then it's like, there it goes. Fucking love it. Great game. Please, play it. Especially also if you're online because it's just there to download also just a minor correction i believe you said pond to panel it's panel to pond oh panel to pond sorry minor but correction yes just in case anybody's searching find this for it damn yeah, game sorry. sam told me about <laughs> I, I i'm pretty sure if someone get google it's like um did you mean this sam is a dumb butt oh yeah computers are smart these days huh well they're not really they're smart enough anyway that's its own they can yeah, exactly. they can pass they're, 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 ro they're rocks we trained yeah, into thinking we did that we smashed rock together and created yeah, well, we, Siri. We didn't. Somebody did. <laughs> they basically threw rocks at each other and said, "Like, do math." And there, there you go. And now it does it. And also, that, it'll wake you up in the morning. That's how. That's how computers work, right, Holly? They're just rocks that are angry. Angry. As someone with a computer science degree, I can corroborate this. There you go. <laughs> Good. No, no false, false, false claims here on this show. Um, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna recommend you. Um, simply because I've recommended a Plague's Tale Innocence, uh, like three times already. Oh, I still need to play that. Great game. Um, yeah. Very linear, but very pretty. Great, good, like good story, all that good stuff. Um, I, I was recommended years ago now to play Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Yes. Which I think is good, but I have certain uh, issues with it, so I guess I'll recommend it for now. Yeah. And I mean, catch me when I'll... I have shit to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, you know, full disclosure, I absolutely loved and adored that game, and I understand a lot of the uh, um, issues that people have with yes. it, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that... There's a lot of stuff in that game which I heard people complain about, but then there's also a lot of those things are something that I myself resonate mm -hmm. with in terms of regarding mental health situations that I deal dealt with, and so it's 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 a difficult thing where it's going to seem an ina inaccurate reflection for a lot of people, but for See, like myself, it, I'm not even sure it's a mental like I I uh, I don't think I can speak to the mental health aspects of it. 
but mm-hmm. th- as a game, as a playable yeah. thing, I have yeah. some concerns and complaints that I'd like yeah, to... Which- which, which that's totally fair because some of those systems are very interesting yeah. in the way that they're done. But like, I, I'll just say I was just completely like I started it one night and I just played it the entire fucking night. Yeah. Because it that's is. How it is definitely one of those games where you pick it up and if you are into it, you're gonna be into it. And I, yeah. it's taken me a while to put down, actually. Um, the yeah. only reason I have put it down for as long as I have is because I'm at a certain part where you're effectively blind, and that's kind of a fear. Yeah. So I'm... It's... God, I know. No, and that's and that's fine, because I remember getting to that part, and I'm just like, I am so fucking in love with this right Yeah, now. I can't. Um, I can't progress much further without doing it like baby crumbs at a time. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, but, I you know I, I would recommend getting it uh, if you if yeah. you still are interested in it. I plan on writing. It's, a, it's on everything. Yes, though. it like, is on the on it's on the Xbox Games Pass if you have that, um, which oh, yeah. means that it's cheapo dollars, which yep. uh, appeals to me. Which, um, which they're also going to be doing a follow up to it, which I am very yes. interesting. That's part of the reason. What that's going to be? That's part of the reason why I picked it up because I would like to know the story uh, before I. Uh, see the second part but but yeah i love but yeah good but Jace, I'll, you'll pro, you'll you'll what if you man well you better get to the end sequence because it's my favorite it's very part difficult and, for me to get through this issue this one part yeah this do you do you want me to help you do you want me to fly over to new york well i guess i can't really fly at this i don't point know right i need now. i i don't it's not even that i need someone to do it for me it's just that i have to at some point just <laughs> wait be you like, know what i could do you know, you know what I could do. I could doubt because I have Games Pass too. I could download it. You could send me your save. I get ahead for you, and then I send you That's, the save back. So maybe I, yeah. I had to. I had to do that with Marcy to help her beat a boss in Kingdom Hearts. That's not a. It's <laughs> not a bad idea. It was just so funny. We're like, wait, yeah. I just like streamed it with her, and I was like, wait, wait. I'll just download the game. I'll get ahead of that part, and then I'll give it to you. Which was sad, because I remember Marcy playing it, not being able to do that boss fight, and then I just finished it in one go. It's like, alright, here you go. Well, Kingdom Hearts, it's like a bicycle. If you fall off... Anyway. That's it. No more bike for you. That's it. That's the analogy. (laughs) Good job. That's it. That's the analogy. It's it's like a bicycle. You fall off. Everyone knows when you fall off a bike, you don't get a bike anymore. (laughs) When you fall off a bike, you just know. Yep, that's it. I'm not meant for bikes. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know how to ride a bike. I'm 30 years old. It took me a very long time. I actually didn't learn how to ride one until I was 24... 3. 23. I'm 27 now. It took me a very long time. 23 skidoo. 23 and me. Zippity-doo. They do not sponsor this podcast. No, unfortunately. But if they want to. They can, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, give give Jace money. Good dollar. Um... (laughs) <laughs> okay, anyway. so to finally finish off this episode, please let us know if you wish to be found on the internet and where, and if you have anything else to plug. I don't know if I want to be found on the internet, but anyway, just because I'm a public person, I'll just say, like, just follow me on Twitter, Sam Neeland, S-A-M-M-N-E-I-L-A-N-D. You can also find my website, same kind of thing, all one word. Just do a fucking Google search for Sam Neeland, and you'll be like, oh, it's that guy. You might see some of the games that I've done in the past before, so you Perfect. And you also might see the comic. The comic that I That's right. Wrote. The comic. Yeah. Holly, what about you? I am terrified of most social media. Yeah. But you can find me <laughs> on Mastodon. Um, I am at Hoppet at Holly Town. That's H O P P E T at Holly dot town. Like just normal Holly H O L L Y. 
Dot town. Interesting. Dot town. I love it. That's my website. Perfecto. All righty. Well, as always, you can find me at Comic Jace Gaming on Twitter, and you can find the weekly cooldown on Twitter as well at WK Cooldown. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Facebook page. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to leave a review or a comment on Apple Podcasts, please. (laughs) It helps the podcast so much. You don't understand. I was once number 32 in Canada for video game podcasts. Now I'm down to like, I don't know, 100 and something. It's not a big number. It's a big number, but not a good number. It was like the competition. We should just get get in a, like a Fortnite fight with them. We'll just, we'll just I'm okay with that. Do, but I would Fort- like to be number thirty two again or higher. So like, <laughs> do it. Comment. Review. What about number sixty nine? Eh, anyway, I'd be happy to stay at sixty nine too if that's what makes people <laughs> review. Bribe, bribe Apple. Yeah, just keep me there. Sixty nine. Um, yes. Be sure to check four twenty. No, it's too far down. Be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, the Humble Bundle for this week. And yes. uh, support your favorite charities and support the show. Um, there will also be some other charities in the links, uh, given everything that's going on right now. So be sure to check mm-hmm. those out as well. Um, as always, our logo is done by Corgian of Doghouse Esports. You can follow him at Doghouse Corgian on Twitter. Our intro music is done by Zach Brider of Captive Portal. That is all for the weekly cooldown. I'm Kami Jace. Okay, uh, I'm Sam, and uh, guess what lies ahead? Only one way to find out. And, and I'm Holly. That's sure you are. And we... We will see you next time. Thanks, everyone. I need to shitpost! post. <laughs>